Coach Hey, thanks for joining me today on this Simple Coach Coach interview. Really looking forward to talking about your 2022 season before we get into the 2023 season. is right on us. Uh, but appreciate you taking the time today. Glad to be here. All right. So, million dollar question. I don't want to prompt you for anything, but I'm just going to ask you, from your perspective, how do you think your season went? <laughs> Uh, I mean, only only one team gets to win it all. And so uh-huh. it, if you feel like you maybe had a chance, which I think towards the end there, we, we thought we had a chance. Uh, it kind of – but then on the other end, we only had one loss. Uh, mm-hmm. So with one loss, getting to the Elite Eight, you got to say, well, that was a pretty good season. And we enjoyed – we enjoyed the – the progression of it. We enjoyed, you know, playing and being with each other and, and training and, and spending the time together. It was a great season, but you still come away with the thought of if, if you don't let that free kick go through the middle of your wall, maybe, yeah. and we get to the final four, uh, you know, what could have happened? It, certainly, I wanted to have the chance because I thought Messiah and Chicago were the top two programs, but I, I wanted mm-hmm. the chance to be able to test ourselves against a Chicago or Messiah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were close. We had, you know, the lead with 11 and a half and gave up that free kick that, yeah. uh, man, uh, you know, you, you got <laughs> to come back and go like, okay, the fundamentals of, setting up a wall yeah. and shouldn't jump and shouldn't jump and turn. And, uh, what are the details that, yeah. that you're not covering that could cost you the game? And that, that was one. Uh, we also had a, a PK, the fifth PK, that you, you, you stick it in, you, you get to advance, and, and we didn't. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of tough to swallow. But as you come away from it, it's, it's, still, a, it's still a great season. So it's kind of mixed. Yeah, you sound mixed. I will say you're like, uh, I'm okay, but I'm kind of bitter. But yeah, no, I'm okay, really. But I am still a little bitter. But no, I get it. Um, you're right, though, right? Like, you get up there to that rarefied air. It's 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 details that you wouldn't think, right? Like jumping and turning in a wall, right? Like a silly little detail like that that you're not thinking. Look what happens, right? You equalize. Um, yeah, and it's 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 also a little short sighted to, to 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 narrow it down just to that one point because we yeah, uh, yeah. right after that we had uh, we got down we put a nice cross to the back post and mm-hmm. we, you know it's it's a it's an opportunity that I feel like we should put on target and we. We didn't put that on target, and you know you could just dissect the game in a bunch of little moments where if if this would have happened, if that happened, and I'm sure you know the other team, uh, Stevens could have if they had lost, they could have picked those moments apart too. Of sure, like sure. if this happened or that happened. So yeah, we could go either way. Um, did anything surprise you about your team this year? Or whether players or or just how your team did? Um, 
a few moments there. I, I'd say going into the going into the season, I knew I had scheduled very heavy at the beginning. Uh, and the last time I did that, I think was like 2012. And uh, the first six games were brutal. And 2012, I was like, okay, if we come out 500, three and three, I'd be pretty happy with that. And so I was going into this year feeling like, uh, I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out with Rowan, Cortland, Mary Wash, Emery, Lycoming. Uh, you know, there were a lot of tough, t- uh, a lot of tough teams there that we could have been in the hole pretty early. Sunny um, Cortland, who did really well. Cortland was really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, to get through that four and two, four wins. Uh, no losses and two ties. I, that was a good indication of where we were as a team. Uh, so I, I guess that surprised me a little bit. I, not a ton. You know, I thought we had the talent to get through that. That's why I scheduled it that way. But uh, I, I guess the surprise was was the teams that I wasn't uh, putting on the hierarchy at the top end of those six were the ones that we did get the result from. Uh, and the ones that I would put higher up on those uh, on those six, we did get results from. So maybe that was a surprise. Uh, I, I I was surprised, you know, what did we finished with like eight ties. I guess that's yeah, a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds a little crazy to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I knew we had talent, so. You know, I, I thought we could do well as, a, as opposed to last year when we talked and, and it was a similar question. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought we were just too young to really uh-huh. have the confidence that we were going to be able to sustain a long run. Uh, yeah. So last year was about what I expected, I remember. Uh, and this year, this year was similar to what I expected, that we could make yeah. a pretty good run at it. And we yeah. were close. Yeah. I I will say to your point, maybe it was confidence. I mentioned before that I thought this team was a lot, a lot funner to watch because you're, when you had the ball, you had intention with the ball and you made it a point to get to goal. Mm-hmm. Right. And so your opportunity, I don't know if there were stats, but recollection of your, of last year and then 2022 seems like you got to goal a lot more often and a lot more consistently than you did that first year, um, which I think led to a lot of your success, right? Because you're you were knocking on the door so many times, and you, right? In most of your games, you managed to to break through. So I I, I did notice that. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was a confidence thing. I, I, you know. Well, um, I I don't I don't know what games you watched, uh, but there was a definite shift. In our philosophy, not not a major shift, but um, we about halfway through the season, I just didn't feel like we could beat Messiah or uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, although we had only given up one goal, so through like eleven games, we were one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Uh, uh, but having said that. 
I still didn't feel like we were able to to knock off Chicago or or Messiah. So we kind of made it a shift to get the ball forward more often uh, mm. and faster. And so those might have been the games that you saw that yeah. we're looking to get it forward more uh, quicker. Now, the, <laughs> the caveat yeah. to that is that we did sacrifice. We went from being like possibly the best defensive team in the nation to now we were also giving up a whole lot more goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but we were also getting to goal sooner with more opportunities. So yeah. we we scored more goals, but we also gave up more goals. So it was, but I, I, within that philosophy, I thought we could possibly beat a Chicago or Messiah given yeah. that strategy. So. What what game was that? What what at what point in the season you said about midway? Was it after a particular game? Like I'm looking at Gettysburg. It was Washington. It was wa- Washington. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, uh, you know that was yeah. The you sec- only let in one goal. You only let in. You tied Lycoming one one. That was it. So what happened? This was a like a big back and forth. Uh, in that game, we gave up a goal. We were winning one nothing. We pretty much had we had the game. It, it, second half, they started putting more pressure, uh, and I think we were relaxing a little bit too much. Uh, mm-hmm. But it still was a game. It was like okay, it, it, we looked comfortable, and then they got a free kick, and they got a PK that I highly disagree with. And that PK came with a minute and a half left, yeah. uh, and. Uh, so, you know, I kind of got into our team a little bit because we sh- we shouldn't have been in that situation. Situate, yeah, yeah. And I played Roy's teams, Washington College, enough to know that like you just don't want to be sitting there with a one nothing lead where they're throwing the sink at you, and they have all these mm. tall guys where they're popping it into the box, and they might get something from a long throw or a free kick or something like that. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's the point where we made the decision to kind of like create something more to, to try to create a separation where if, if we're, if we're in control of the game, we can actually take the reins and, 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 and score enough goals to put the game out of reach. Um, and so that's where we made the decision to get the ball Mm -hmm. forward a little bit more. Well, I will say I liked it. I liked it. I, I, you know, I go back to the same principle, like the things we, we've talked about in the, our previous conversations, right? Like, you know, possession, you want to get forward, right? You want to, you want it to mean something. Um, and then the other thing is just, it's a game of goals, right? Like you, and this is where I think, I think Stevens kind of hurt itself hurt themselves against Chicago where I think they were very intentional defensively and to get forward got to be a lot harder over over the course of the game and Chicago is just going to eat that up right and so you, you almost had to yeah pick your poison I guess like you want to hold out hold out you want to um but to me like I said it goes to a game of goals and if you can't score Right. That's so. I liked whatever you did, whatever that switch was. Like I said, I thought your 
opportunities to goal were just so much clearer and so much more fluid and intentional. So I was really, I'm a real fan. So, um, appreciate it. So, are, yeah, well, I still don't have the grades to apply. So, well, I could apply, but it would be a waste of 60 bucks. I still don't have the grades. No matter how hard I tried, got tutors and stuff, I still can't get it up above a 2.3. Um, hey, what? This is this is recorded, as I always say, like, and it, this is the boss's question. How do you think you performed as a coach this year? How do you think your coaching was? I give myself a, I don't know, maybe somewhere between a B plus and an A minus. You know, I I feel like for the majority of the games we we were on point, uh, making the right adjustments, uh, timing the substitutions at the right point. Uh, You know, certainly shifting in the middle of the season to create more attack and giving us more. Yeah, it's hard to say that, like, the John Carroll game, had we not switched, uh, would that game be as impressive for us if we hadn't switched Mm -hmm. to a more dynamic play getting forward? Uh, So, yeah, I'd say pretty good job. But, as always, you know, know, we didn't win at all, so you can't. can't High standards, man. Yeah. Actually, that's funny that you say the John Carroll game because I remember the conversation we had the first time. I guess our first, in, my first interview with you, where we talked about the John Carroll game, and I went back and watched that segment where you talk about it, and you said to yourself, you said in the course of it, he goes. I don't know if we would have won, but I wonder how it would have been if the weather had cooperated and we actually could have played more of our style. And so um, I was watching this John Carroll game and I was like, well, I guess we've answered that question. You know, it was because I thought that was probably one of your the probably watched four games of so the games that I watched. I thought that was probably your best performance. And I was like. At that point, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are serious. Like, I started thinking you guys were legit top uh, final four um, candidates. Like, I was like, these that's for real. Like, if he could do that, capture that every game, I thought that was really impressive. So, um, all right, so let me ask, and we'll talk more about this past season, and maybe we'll talk a little bit. No, but if you take your team now – and you think to yourself, hey, what do I need? What What are the things that I need to do for to get this team to be better next in, in, in the fall? Like, do you have anything in mind? Like, are you is there are you like, you know, some teams are like oh, our fitness stunk. So next year we're going to make sure that we're fit or um, anything like that without well, letting I- the cat out of the bag. I mean, I, I think we were pretty locked in and and just putting the ball in when we get it in front of goal. We, mm-hmm. we could still generate more attacking opportunities, but I thought I, 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 I didn't feel like we were outclassed in any game we played in. And we mm-hmm. played some strong teams. Um, oh, yeah. And so, and I felt like 
in, in every one of those games, we created pretty good opportunities, especially in the second half of the of the season. And we just in those moments where we're not calm enough, or there's something going on where the skill that we show in, in other aspects of the game, we're just not applying the same level of skill to to put it in the back of the net. So high focus on that. Uh, and, you know, anybody has been around me for since, since we got knocked out, will know, will tell you that I've been pretty adamant that I, I want to change PKs. <laughs> I, I, I want Hopkins to be a team that nobody wants to take the PKs. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sick of, I'm sick of that being uh, an end of season kind of component to to, yeah. to what happened. So I'm trying to think out of the box of how to think about PKs in in a way that that we can be confident enough to say like, yeah, if, if you're playing to go to a tie in PKs with Hopkins, that's you you're better off coming out and going for it in, in the regular time or in overtime. So. Will I accomplish that goal? Maybe not, but I'm I'm definitely motivated to to try to solve it. Yeah, I, I think you want to be better than Spain from PKs. <laughs> Correct. Or yeah. Man City. Man City's or my Man team. City, Man City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it it's hard to say. Like you you think of that and go like. It, all right, De Bruyne, De Bruyne can, on the move, with the ball moving and other guys moving, so many variables in there, he is able to pinpoint passes with proper weight and everything. How, how, can, he, how can you not put him up to the PK spot and say, like, hit that spot. I know you can do it. <laughs> right? Well, uh, you know what? As, as funny as, as that is, so when I was playing... Um, one of my coaches did not give you the latitude to kick a ball the way you wanted. Like he, he was like, this is the principle you're aiming for. It was always side netting. Like that's where you were aiming and you were lining up in such a way that you could hit either side. And then at that point, you're just picking which side to go to. And as long as you hit side netting with a good struck ball, no keeper is going to save that. There's not enough time. And what the problem I think now is that guys have all these crazy different ways to do it. And I just think there's too much going on. It's like step up to the ball, strike the ball. Step up to the ball, strike the ball. That's my soapbox. Well, I mean, what you're outlining uh so in 2017, we got eliminated by Tufts uh, in PKs. We we're also eliminated by, uh, I think, FNM, no, Dickinson in PKs um, in our conference tournament. And at that point, I came away from this, like, I'm tired of losing the PK. So I went and researched, asked a lot of coaches things, and, and came up with like, Stanford definitely has a way uh, 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 to take PKs. Jeremy Gunn like mm-hmm. studies it relentlessly. He's very meticulous as a coach about like how he wants things done, and PKs is one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, <clears throat> but when you mention the side netting piece, if you go see like 
they they got into PKs against UNC Greensboro this year and lost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. their PKs were side netting PKs, and that keeper yeah. was fantastic. So right, right, right. Yeah. I, I don't know if side oh, no. netting still applies. Right, but 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 I think the idea is that you stand a better chance if you strike the ball well and you you've minimized and 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 just focus in on stepping yourself back making sure you got the right angle and then you're able to strike the ball you you're basically your chances jump i'm not saying that they can't make the same especially now because of the way goalies are allowed to move and 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 different things but it improves your chances dramatically than if you hey this time i'm gonna try to go down the center and then i'm gonna try all this funky stuff and then guys launch it over the so anyhow yeah that's that's my thinking that applies also to various things. Like when we practice PK, some guys try to show, hey, look at me. I can do Yeah, this. look at me. Yeah. And they never master one PK. Yeah. And so they're they just got average. Too much... yeah, yeah, they're ab- Exactly. And I think it is because I think in a lot of respects, and I think it's because goalkeepers have gotten better, that we've overcomplicated the penalty kick. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not speaking at the professional level, right? Because those guys, they have, you know, they know who's hitting and where their tendencies are and that sort of stuff. But for for college and here, what we do, I I I I think there's two there's we we've complicated that process of how do you step up to a ball, how do you place the ball down, how do you back up, how do you step up to the ball and hit it, right? And I think a lot of guys, you know, the, hey, they stand, they go straight to the ball, then they shift, you know, they shuffle over and then they go to the ball. Like that to me is just one other variable that's going, that can distort your approach to the ball and you not even realize it. And so you're not going to get as good of a strength. So anyhow, I I, I used to be obsessive about uh, penalty kicks because I was a goalkeeper. And um, yeah, so, all right. So I'm going to ask you a question because, yeah, you mentioned you had um, you had you had five regular season ties and then three in tournament play that all went to PKs, and then obviously the one you ended up losing at the end, right? Like, so I'm going to ask you: Did you do you have any thoughts on the uh, on the overtime rule during the regular season? Did you like the fact that you weren't going to play the games through? Or did you did you like did, would you have preferred to have full overtimes to resolve the games? I would definitely want full overtimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like again I I didn't feel like we were outmatched in any game. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, more time to uh, to get the goal during you know. Uh, and get the win. I'm I'm for, but I, uh, you know, I had a conversation in recruiting with a Division One coach on this aspect, and he he went back and forth. He said, "Yeah, in two of the games, we we wanted more time because we were playing teams that we thought we could get a result. But then, yes. oh yeah, when we played UVA, if we went overtime, they probably would have destroyed mm-hmm. us. We were we were gutted at that point, running on yeah. fumes. So." Uh, that probably helped us in that win. So, uh, so from my perspective, with you know, 
having just lost one game and picked up a, a eight ties, yeah, I, I would I wanted to go to OT in that situation. And I have a conversation with uh, somebody who's within the uh, voting component of, of these rule changes and mm-hmm. asked them why, you know, what happened. Because I, I didn't recall, I, I recalled a survey that came out in the spring asking about substitution rules and stuff like that. And I, I didn't recall that the overtime was the question that it was a possibility it would get eliminated. So when the rule came out, it kind of surprised me. Uh, I I can't speak for everybody else, but it it, it surprised me as a rule change that that went through. And so, and and information that was relayed to me was that they did a survey after this season, this fall season, and it was 70% that people were still in favor of no overtime. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that's shocking to me because I bet you could go back in these interviews that you've had and and you won't get 70% of the coaches saying, yeah, I, I, I'm good with no overtime. So, um, Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so it, it, it's surprising to me that a survey would come out with 70% saying that they were in favor of no overtime, yeah. uh, which is, I you know, it's... Polling these days doesn't seem to be that accurate. So, yeah, I, I, I will say um, I have a source. You know, once you sort of hit my stratif- stratospheric level of popularity, people give you information. Um, and as simple coach, I have a, one source: um, the Division Three men when they did the survey of the elimination of the regular season, 62% were positive, 35% negative. And on the women's side, 67% were positive, 30% were negative. So, yeah, so it's, it's, a high, it's not quite seven. Well, it's 70% of all coaches, all divisions. It's 67% to 29%. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot more. I was surprised at the number of coaches that I talked to after the fact who were like, "I'd go back," like you, you know, like or we did it. I'd go back just because of the competitive nature, and I thought well, that was really interesting. Well, that's what I, I I'm trying to say is that of all the coaches yeah. you've talked to, yeah. is it because because the source, and I think it's maybe the same source, yeah. <laughs> uh, is saying that the survey he received. After the season, was yeah. that it was the same percentage? Yeah. So, so if it's oh, the same percentage, yeah. it's like okay, it's it's a good rule change. But yeah. I, I, based on your interviews, based on the guys I talk to, yeah, or the people I talk to, I'm not seeing the same percentages. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe That's I'm really a good point. That that <laughs> is, I'm I'm looking at it now. It probably is the same source. Which is not cool because I thought I had this unique <laughs> source. <laughs> um, it is after the season, so yeah, it's probably the probably the same. But um, but it is that is interesting. It's true. Like most everybody's like, ah, I think I'd go back, or that they enjoyed it more. Like there were, and there was some question as to the like the health benefits, right? Like, does it really? So, um, I yeah. get that. I get yeah. that. 
I, I'm not. I, again, I think it's. I think it's a periphery thing, and I'm not saying this isn't to judge the merits of the overtimes or lack of overtimes during the regular season. I think it all contributes, but I. I, I think if it's just a. It's like, you know, um, it, it. It's it's a small little thing that's easy to do. You know, like hey, send like well, let's get rid of OTs. That'll help. Right. Like, I think if there was a real interest in sort of safeguarding players so that they can recover more and whatnot, um, it would be it would be to, to stretch the season out to, to one degree or another. Right. Give you guys more time so that your game you can't play more games. You can only play the same number, but it gets stretched out a little bit so that you have more time to rest. That's yeah. nice. That's the way I look at it. And, and um, you could say, like. This might get it, it, there might be more ties given what Williams did. Like Stefan did an yeah. excellent job with that team, yeah. and you know to 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 have as many ties as he did and, and come in with uh, the NCAA tournament. I don't know what is it six wins or something like that. Yeah. Uh, to to come in a tournament with six wins and all those ties, it, it gives coaches the data to say okay maybe this is a strategy that can work if we feel like yeah. uh we can't go toe-to-toe with the messiah of chicago uh in our it's clear there's a way to to a tie right like i you know if paul university um decided to play johns hopkins it, it's probably more in my benefit to to leave baltimore with a tot, right? Like people are going to be like, "Oh, look, he did a, what they did against Johns Hopkins," right? So, so there's definitely a weighting to those ties. The question is, if you have to be, to me, it, it has to be more spelled out, right? Like you can't just say it's 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 a tie is a tie. No, there's better ties. There's worse ties, right? Playing me. You would a tie would be terrible for you guys, right? So you almost have to codify that. Like, look, if we're going to do this, a win is a win and a loss is a loss, and a tie has to be measured in some way. So there has to be two types of ties, basically, um, to make any sense to, to 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 using it, especially when you have like Williams, eleven ties, right? That's the way I, uh, you know, tend to look at it. So, um, <clears throat> all right, so. We, we mentioned this already. You were, you ended the season 15-1-8. and eight. You lost some PKs to Muhlenberg in the Centennial Conference. You made it to the Elite Eight and lost to Stevens on PK. You lost the P- and PKs to Muhlenberg as well. Um, let me ask you, what were your thoughts going into the conference tournament? I mean, were you guys hitting on all cylinders? Were you feeling good? Like, man, we are, we're... You're attacking more. You're getting more chances. Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say that. We, I mean, our last three games, we came in, tied Dickinson, tied Muhlenberg, and lost to Franklin and Marshall. Uh-huh. So, I, 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 I can't say we were coming in feeling like really confident. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we were in a hole, doubting ourselves heavily. Uh, it just felt like we were 
doing well in games and making mistakes or not finishing off like we should have been. Um, so it was kind of like a, a, a tiny downslide coming into the tournament and, and uh, you know, but still feeling like we, we had the ability to win it. And, and um, so it was kind of more medium. Yeah. yeah. In terms of confidence and how we felt, that's true. I didn't. I didn't realize that that you ended the season tie tie loss. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay, so all right. So you get all right. So you lose in the conference tournament, but you get the at large bid because you're you you were good, right? Like your record shows. You have a killer. I mean, your schedule is a killer. Like. I don't know what it, what the ranking was, but I gotta believe you were pretty pretty high up in the rankings for schedules, top ten, maybe somewhere in there. Um, did you, you 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 go into the tournament? Were you feeling better about the going into that tournament because you had sort of again terrible loss on PKs? But what are you gonna do, right? That, that's you gotta be able to brush that off, but. Was your play getting better? Did you feel like it was getting better at that point? Mm. Yeah. Tough yeah, questions I, only, I, Coach. Yeah, I, I think, you know, things things worked out. It, you know, we, we got to host the first weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think we were motivated coming off of our conference tournament and losing in PKs, but there was also a bit of a... Uh, it wasn't great for us either, you know, in terms of confidence. So there's a kind of mix of emotions there. I think we, we got a good break in that we got the host. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, we made the most of that. And our uh, Lehman game was I, – I looked at that Lehman game and I was concerned. They had a lot of athletes on that team uh, and, and some – some attacking players that could, you know, certainly catch us on a counter if we didn't cover ourselves well. Uh, we handled the game like we should have, I think. Uh, we we possessed well. Uh, we made them run, which uh, I don't think they had a very deep bench. So um, the game went well to where we could build up confidence. Uh, and, then, and then we had the perfect game, the perfect game where – you know, last year we got beat by them. Uh, the guys were motivated to come into that game and, and prove themselves against a team that, that beat, knocked us out the year before. Uh, I think we had a very good game plan drawn up. Uh, and, and then we did well in that game. And so that, that was the catalyst to where, okay, it gave us the confidence that we could progress forward and possibly make it all the way. So, Things just came together in the right way, but yeah. certainly it could have turned out differently if we got put in a different pod. You know, mm -hmm. when it came out, uh, yeah. and, and the pod, the, the pod that we got, uh, we had seen, we knew quite a few teams that were in that side, and uh, you know, it looked like a pretty good pod for us as well. So I was very happy with uh, where we were placed. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of, it was an interesting season. <laughs> yeah. 
Let me ask, on the Stevens game, I just thought of this. So, um, in hindsight, would you have done something different in that game? Yes. (laughs) Yes, uh, they played a bit of an uh, out-of-balanced formation. And I think we we took advantage of the hole that they were leaving open, but I didn't emphasize it. So it, uh, our guys weren't seeing it to take advantage of it enough. We still took advantage of it, but I think we could have taken more advantage of it. And so that's, that's really the only regret I have from that. I, I thought we played well. I thought we put ourselves in a position to, to win that game. Uh, and we just fell short. Yeah. Due to due to uh, you know a mistake. Yeah. No, due to PKs. Well, right? like and, the mistake. And, that's that's part of the game, right? And then you just got to go to PKs. But um, all right, because I know this is that those are probably bitter pills to deal with as we talk about in these games. So let let me just let me ask you. What are your What are your plans for the spring? Do you, you know, I, I, I've been. The reason why I ask is because I I've been thinking a lot about the importance of spring, and I think the elite teams are really efficient and and really focusing on doing good things during that the non traditional season. So I was just curious: is there is there anything you have sort of in mind that you're going to work on? Well, uh, last year we had our best spring. Um, and one of the things was the, the guys were super motivated. So they arrived, uh, with our great staff and strength and, uh, conditioning and performance. Uh, they arrived in for the spring in the best shape that, that any team I've been involved with, uh, had arrived for the spring. Uh, but then <clears throat> we started, uh, doing something in the spring where I handed the, I, I've tried this before and it turned into chaos because nobody really could like sort out the structure of what they wanted to do. And so there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, But the way I structured training last spring would be we would do our warm up, which typically involves uh, a pep rondo that, uh, you know, gets our decision making and our touch and technical ability up high. Then I'll cover something for the middle third of the training that I want to work on. And then the last third of the training, I turn it over to them. Uh, And what we worked on was we were quite frustrated last year in our uh, last, uh, the F&M game that was the last game of the season where you could tell the guys just were a little flustered with what FNM was doing and, and how to make the right decisions to get through it. Mm-hmm. And, and Gettysburg mimicked that in our very next game. And so it started off with setting up uh, from a goal kick and the, the back half of the team building out against what FNM and Gettysburg set up with, which was a, a 4-4-2 diamond. Uh, but then after we started getting into a groove with, with that structure, then then we talked with the you know the, the pressing team as okay, now 
Now this needs to be organic. Like there needs to be a leader on your side to kind of like stop the training anytime you want and say like, okay, they're beating our butt here. Let's adapt. Let's adjust and create a, a, a stronger press that, that won't let them get uh, to the areas they're trying to get to. But then it, it, it's like a chess match because the, the build-out team has the same situation. So the, the build-out team's allowed to stop it and huddle up and say, okay, let's try this. Let's try you know moving the holder to this position, and then the center back moves to this position. Uh, and, and the keeper moves to this position. So it was a chess match between the two, uh, and, and Coach Benzella and I would just kind of be uh, helping out. You know, if we thought like they might be missing an aspect there, we would point it out, but the, the training was theirs from that point to, to work with each other, and, and that was very strong because like, if we teach something, they can take it and go, okay, that sounds good, but it doesn't hit as home as if their peers are saying, hey, let's do that and that. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you go to a room and, you know, you're introduced to somebody, but you forget their name immediately. But if you go into the room and you see somebody that you want to know who is that, then you know their name, right? The same kind of concept. Interesting. I like that idea. Right, that they are able to stop the flow of it. They are able to stop the game and sort out what they have to do. Uh, ultimately, right, because then they can figure it. Like it gives them that sort of mindset when the game is going on, right? Like it gives. Oh, we gotta we gotta pause for a second, think about what we need to do, right? That's really interesting. I like that a lot. All right, last question for you. Um, aside from myself that you're recruiting heavily and it's okay you don't have to keep sending me emails or calling me it's we have to work with admissions um, what what does your recruiting class look like um, for for the fall I think it's solid uh, you know uh, we have uh, a couple key positions we we needed to fill I think um, we filled uh, our center back position. I feel like we we've got our number one guy for that position. Uh, he's not going to be Tim right off the bat. Uh, he actually he shows some similarities to the guys who helped teach Tim, uh, and that maybe not quite as athletic, uh, but uh, a whole lot of technical ability and composure on the ball. Um, uh, we also returning some players that might fill into that position as well. So we've got pretty strong competition for our center back spots going forward, which gives me a whole lot of relief since, uh, you know, those tend to be our quarterbacks uh, on our yes. team that need that to make the best decisions. Um, we lose Alex. Uh, that was, you know, uh, phenomenal for us. Uh, number one in the nation for shutouts. I think he finished fourth in the nation for goals against average. Um, so that's, that's going to be a, a big hold of uh, Phil. Uh, we do have uh, Drew uh, uh, returning uh, who, you know, can definitely step into that position and do well for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also looking possible grad transfer or, uh, you know, a regular transfer to come in and uh, <laughs> do, uh, you know, 
if possibly uh, do something similar that, that Alex did. Uh, yeah. And then we've got a freshman coming in as well that, you know, it possibly could challenge for that starting position. Uh, so um, I, I think the class is pretty good. We're still talking to some possible transfers uh, that could uh, add some uh, cherry on top to what our class looks like. Uh, most of them, I think we're looking at more attacking options to see, like, is there a guy out there that that could definitely change the game for us as a nine position? Uh, uh, we're talking to a few guys that we think could, uh, but we're still a long way away from knowing, uh, you know, if if they get in, if they can afford it, and uh, if we're the best fit, or they're looking at some other uh, Division One or other opportunities. So you are you are looking at transfers. So are you 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 diving into the portal, or is this just sort of because of who you are? People coming to you be like, I got this extra year, and I want to go to grad school there. I both. You know, yeah. we're definitely looking at the portal. It's a, a useful tool. Uh, but I, I, we're also getting a lot more, uh, unprompted interest. Uh, I, I guess, uh, word is out that, that, uh, D3 is a good option for some division one, uh, grad transfers. And so compared to last year, they, we had a little bit of interest this year. We have a lot more. Um, so yeah, the possibilities look good. I blame myself for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. um, all right. Very good, Coach. Do appreciate you taking the time. This was super interesting. I still got to get down there and knock on your door one of these days when I'm down for business. Um, but really do appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, definitely. If you're in this area, definitely stop by. I gotta, you know, I gotta knock on your door and take that shirt you're wearing and even that hat. I think it'll look better than this one. This one's just a generic one, so. Sounds um, good. If you show up, I'll, I'll definitely give you the I, I'll, I'll be down there in like, give me three hours. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, Coach. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.